0: and the additions, how do you see them? Are they contributing
1: right away? First of all, I think Eric should get like executive of the year as much help <laughs> as he's, he's given us and I, I know CB, uh, uh, Clarence Brooks is looking down happy as heck for us because we got two run stoppers we just brought in here. And, you know, as far as how fast, you know, we can put in, put them in there right away, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, that that's that's, you know, really going to be a good addition. I know Big Baby wishes that they were there for Cincinnati.
2: Welcome back, everybody, with another episode of Ravens Recap. We're coming in today discussing the upcoming Houston game this Sunday. Houston Texans are coming to town for another home game. So let's get right to it.
1: Yeah, so this is a interesting game because Houston's coming off a of bye. They're at 6-3, and three, one game worse than the Ravens. Ravens are currently 7-2. and two. And while I wouldn't say this is a, this is certainly not a rivalry game of any sort. You know, Ravens currently lead this series eight to two. So recent games have really been in the favor of the Ravens. Obviously, doesn't have any bearings on on this game. This will be the first time the Ravens have ever faced Deshaun Watson. They played the Texans during Watson's rookie year, but Watson was hurt that game, so he didn't play. And yeah, so right now the Ravens. You know They've got a two-game lead over Pittsburgh in the division, and they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But Pittsburgh's not going anywhere, so this game is going to be important for playoff seeding since Houston is leading the AFC South right now, but they're only one game ahead of the Colts. We're obviously hoping and we believe the Ravens can pull off first place in AFC North, but in the case that they don't, you still really want to win – these games against the conference to get those tiebreakers
0: so the bill o'brien led houston texans have had a four and one record coming out of the bye so they are another team that's quite good coming out of their buys so when i noticed they were on bye this week because of my many fancy assets that uh <laughs> that were sitting down this week i was like oh man they're coming out of a bye it's gonna make a hard game even harder
1: that is true now the Bengals were also coming off a of bye so you know we have that data point to see how the Ravens do <laughs>
0: <laughs> apples and oranges, apples and oranges. <laughs> That's right. very
1: true, very true. Just wanted to throw that out there though. we'll see how that plays in. We'll see if if Houston comes out of the gate fresher. you know we've talked in the last episode about how the Ravens have done a really good job this year about getting out to fast starts on both you know we talked about fast starts on offense, but I think on defense they've been having some pretty fast starts too. I can't remember too many times if it's happened yet that the opposition has scored on the opening drive so yeah it'll be interesting a a fast start team versus a rested team
0: I'm definitely excited to see two young quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson face off against each other I definitely think it's going to be a storyline they talk about a lot Peter was mentioning earlier before we started recording that Deshaun Watson has been a low-key MVP candidate himself this year and Knowing the weapons that he has and the way he's been playing this year, I'm sure that he'll make a couple plays to make everyone's eyes uh, light up this game.
1: Yeah, Watson is in his third NFL season. It doesn't feel too long ago that he was basically where Lamar is right now. You know, he's the the new hot dual threat quarterback. I feel like this year, despite the 6-3 and three start Houston has gotten off to, they're not getting much respect for that start as like a, a Super Bowl contender. Part of that maybe because of the division they play in. Maybe part of it's the JJ Watt injury. I'm not exactly sure. I think this team has played better than than they've gotten recognition for, at least from the outside looking in. Can't say I've watched too many Texans games this year. But yeah, Watson, he's off to a pretty good start this year. Twenty four hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns to five picks, seventy percent completion percentage. And oh, wow. he's still Yeah, and he's still running the ball too. He's got two hundred seventy nine yards with five rushing touchdowns. This guy's got 23 total touchdowns on the year. And you look at those numbers, and like I said, no one's really talking about Houston. So it's kind of surprising. I think unless you're a Houston fan or you own Deshaun Watson on your fantasy team, those numbers probably surprised you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it surprised me. So yeah, I would know when we were talking, looking at the season preview, we were all hyped up about Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes as like, a window into you know quarterback matchup that's going to happen for for seasons on end that we're really looking forward to watching over the next decade. This could also be the start of a really good quarterback duel. I mean, Watson and Lamar are both young starting quarterbacks, both able to get you with both through the air and on the ground. Watson is is not of the caliber of a runner as Jackson is, but both these guys are playmakers. So. I think we're going to see a lot of scoring in this game, because both these offenses can move the ball well, and they've both got a lot of playmakers.
2: Right. One guy who uh, I think has been scaring a lot of teams, not just the Ravens, DeAndre Hopkins. How's he doing this year?
0: Yeah, he's had a down season, statistically, from like a fantasy perspective, but he's still playing well. So, I mean, that's that's the the kind of short take <laughs> he's not he's not the number one receiver people draft him hoping he'd be but he's he's still a wide receiver one in the league
2: right yeah I think the big news out of the Texans this year which I, I'm not exactly sure whether this plays in the narrative that you were mentioning Peter about you know why people aren't talking up the Texans at all but their run game has been surprisingly good this year and I don't think a lot of people would think that given the starting rushers on their team I mean Carlos Hyde is He was sort of kind of a guy when he was in San Francisco, people had were pretty high on him for the first couple of years, but then he went to the Browns and then he got shipped off to Jacksonville for a couple months. And now he's found a home in Houston. He's actually had a little bit of a resurgent career question mark. I think Alec has a little bit more opinions there, but, uh, and also rounding him out has been Duke Johnson. Who's another guy who was in Cleveland for a bit and, um, didn't really get too many opportunities there, but he's you know making an impact. Both those guys. Yeah, we
1: actually had a, a bit of a discussion about Carlos <laughs> Hyde, his his fantasy value and his NFL uh, player status, and that got captured in our notes. A little bit of a of a back and forth on that, <laughs> but yeah, Hyde I think is to me has been one of the biggest surprises of the season that he's stuck with Houston and has been, in my opinion, a more effective runner than than Lamar Miller's been the past couple of years. You know, Lamar Miller is a guy who would who would break a big run for this team every now and again and was a decent receiving threat, but I, I think as far as talent, he was in the year-in, year-out, his bottom half of starting RB1s around the league. But Hyde, he's had some... It hasn't been great, but he's been effective. He's one of only 10 running backs in the league currently, that has more rushing yards on the season than Lamar. Only two. 704 yards to Lamar's 702. Averaging 4.7 yards per carry.
2: Only three rushing touchdowns, though. Would have been four if he didn't have that boneheaded fumble, which became a uh, touchback the the game before thereby against Jacksonville.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully Hyatt can do an encore performance of that this coming Sunday, but...
2: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, sorry. That was my uh, that was my Carlos Hyde fantasy owner hat there. But yeah, hopefully he does not have that performance. Uh, if I have another running back, I will certainly try to bench him this week, <laughs> if it makes sense.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, if Michael Pierce doesn't play, that might actually be a good fantasy play, <laughs> as we saw last week with Joe Mixon getting that volume and getting over 100 yards. But, but yeah, it's not just Carlos Hyde, though. I mean, Duke Johnson, he was the sanest head in Cleveland this off season and couldn't shut his mouth about wanting to be traded from that clown show. And he ended up in, in Houston and he's actually had a a pretty decent, been a pretty decent change of pace back for them. Only 287 yards and one touchdown to go along with 22 catches for 228 yards and two more touchdowns. But that's, you know, that's what you kind of want from an RB two So he's fit in pretty well there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Josh Bynes and LJ Fort match up with him coming out of the backfield.
2: I think that's definitely going to be a key matchup for the Ravens this week. Definitely given some of our struggles against the run earlier in the season, but also, you know, against this game against Cincinnati with, with Mixon getting over 100 yards. I mean, it's something that's been an area of weakness for us. So we're going to have to definitely see how we can limit those opportunities where we can Although DeAndre Hopkins is such a weapon, we just talked about it. He's just one of those guys who consistently balls in and balls out. I mean, I feel like we match up fairly well against him and some of the other receivers given our corner depth. So, yeah, definitely a run game uh, or how the Ravens respond to the Houston run game is going to be an X factor for me this week. I
1: think another X factor is going to be, is this finally the week we see the pass rush? Because we, that's always been the big lament for Houston Texans fans, I know, is that Deshaun Watson has been riddled with some awful offensive lines his first two years in the NFL with Houston. And those past two seasons always been among the most sacked quarterbacks. And I've heard some analysts say it's not just the offensive line there. Sometimes it's, it's Watson holds onto the ball too long. I couldn't really find any stats on how that situation has gone this year this year for houston is if watson's getting the ball out quicker if the offensive line is a little bit improved but i think it's something to keep an eye on to see if this is we can finally have a big sack performance from these guys
2: yeah i think that was a big story earlier in the season with the texans making the trade for laramie Tunsell when the dolphins were going through their fire sale and you know if i recall back then i think there was a lot of uh frustration, I think, for the, the Texans making that trade. But at least from what I've heard so far, I think Tunsil has been a, uh, a bright spot on their offensive line. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think it really depends on, you know, Michael Pierce's availability. It sounds like it's going to be kind of a day-to-day thing, so...
1: Yeah, we'll see. That's definitely going to... It looks like Laramie Tunsell is also questionable for this game. So it looks like he might not have played against Jacksonville, but... Bill O'Brien believes that Tunsil is going to be ready to go after he's been able to rest this past week. That'll be an interesting, obviously won't be a matchup because both these players won't be on the field at the same time, but it'll be interesting to see how both Tunsil and Stanley perform in this game because if you guys remember back in 2015, there was a lot of talk that Tunsil was the guy that the Ravens wanted at that pick, but then that, that video of, of him uh, surfaced just before the draft and the Ravens ultimately went with Stanley as Tunsil tumbled down the draft board and there were questions if Stanley was really the guy the Ravens wanted you know cuz there was this perception that that Stanley was a soft player especially when cons- compared to Tunsil's pedigree and we've talked in in past weeks about how Stanley's really stepped up this year especially in pass blocking and Tonsil has also made a name for himself in this league, so it'll be interesting to see both of them play on the same field for at least the first game, where they've they've both been getting some national attention.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Peter. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that matchup. And yeah, like you said, they're not playing against each other, but just seeing how they both compare. I'll say one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to from a matchup perspective is seeing how this revamped Raven secondary who's been playing extraordinarily well the last few weeks fares against the passing attack that houston offers we already talked about deandre hopkins in this game but they do have other receiving options in that fuller might be coming back from his injury i wouldn't say, i would say probably a 50 50 chance there and they have kenny stills as well who has uh was also part of that Tunsil trade so we'll get to see how they compete against our defensive backs
2: yeah I've always liked Kenny Stills. He's been, I think, an underrated player for a long time.
1: Yeah, he's another one of those uh, ex-New Orleans Saints receivers like uh, Willie Sneed. They always seem to to churn out wide receivers in, the, in that team. You lose one, and they've got two more re- to replace them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right.
1: One thing I'll admit that I don't know too much about this Houston team, and I did a little bit of research before the pod but didn't do as much as I wanted to, is really... What's the story with this defense this year? We know that Javing Clowney's no longer there. He got traded away to Seattle. Ravens already faced him this year. J.J. Watt got hurt two weeks ago. So he's out for the year on IR. I'm looking at the names on here that are still there. Jonathan Joseph is is still there at cornerback. I mean, Ravens fans know that he's given us some fits in the past, especially seem to always have Flacco's number. Justin Reed is there at safety. Whitney Marcellus.
2: TJ is a pretty good nose tackle.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, they, they still have some guys there, but there's definitely some names that I don't recognize. And if you look at their defensive rankings this year, they're kind of like us. They're really dominant against the Rush. They're ranked third currently in the league, and their pass defense is suspect, 28th at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see if the game plan is a little more pass-heavy. Than we've seen in weeks past. I know we keep we keep saying that the game plan is going to be a little more pass heavy, and then the Ravens come out and, and rush forty times to twenty passes, but yeah. <laughs> not that exact ratio. But you know what I mean. So right, right. Uh, we'll see if we if we if we see uh, a lot of a lot of tight end passes, maybe a Miles Boykin sighting here or there, just because Lamar is throwing the ball over twenty five times, which we're not usually used to seeing.
2: Yeah, I'd say for me, it definitely comes down to whether we want to try to attack the Texans defense on these inside or sort of outside runs. Again, I haven't looked at exactly the strengths or weaknesses of of where the runs will go toward the Texans defense, but you'd have to think that the Ravens would try to avoid DJ Reader up the middle, especially now that JJ Watt is is now out for the year with a torn pec. Uh, Outside of the line, you would think would be a little bit more open now with that spot that uh, JJ Watt usually plays is now, you know, vacated by him. So hopefully it might be a a bigger game on, you know, some of these sort of outside runs like tosses or something. But, you know, also some of these guys too, they're linebackers. I mean, I recognize these guys, they've been playing a little bit. Like Whitney Merciless is a, a really fast player be able to get outside. I mean, McKinney, Cunningham also, like I think they've got some decent speed in their linebacking course. So, you know, we'll have to see. You know, I'm not exactly sure where exactly we're going to attack this defense. But, um, you know, hey, given given what we've seen from our offense right now, I mean, I feel like we've got some flexibility in, in where we want to actually attack them. So it'll definitely be interesting. Overall, I think... The Texans are going to be a pretty big challenge for us, though. I mean, they're around the same quality team as us, I think. Similar styles. So it should be good. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but obviously things change from week to week in the NFL. But looking at the schedule right now of the games that the Ravens still have to play, this is the game that scares me the most as far as a potential loss. San Francisco is up there as well. I know that there's a lot of fans who aren't sold yet on San Francisco actually being one of the top teams in the NFL. But I think we match up better with San Francisco because they're a run-heavy team that if if that's not working for them, then Garoppolo's not going to get into rhythm. Deshaun Watson has shown that he can do his thing whether or not the run's going. And they've got Hopkins, obviously, as we've been saying, who's a elite talent. Running backs who can catch the ball. Deep threats at receiver. So this is going to be a tough matchup for our defense. Lamar's really going to have to put up points in this game as he's been doing the past couple weeks. Can't really afford a letdown in that department. So we'll see. This is going to be a really, really intriguing game on Sunday. One thing that we
0: all know is that this game is with two of the playoff teams most likely, and it's going to contribute to the AFC playoff picture. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a surprising... I think, five and four record given their team's uh, injuries and just the overall way they've played. Cleveland picked up a win, but they would have to get very hot at the end of the season here in order to uh, make the playoffs. Although I will say, Cleveland, they might have figured something out here with their their pony package. I don't know if you guys looked at the film of them playing uh, with Hunt and Chubb at the same time, but it was actually uh, a pretty good tandem. Hunt was opening up holes, and also doing well as a runner and receiver and they they had a lot of production on the ground that game so we'll see how it holds up but i thought that was an interesting change maybe maybe they'll put it together <laughs> at the end of the season but i don't i don't see them having a better record or a good enough record to make the playoffs they kind of dug themselves a the hole tennessee thank you miracle end of the game performance by Tannehill to raise them to 5-5, five and five, but the big implication was them knocking KC down to 6-4, and four, which is kind of a stunning record. The Raiders are also performing quite well, only one game behind Kansas City in their division. And another interesting play in the Houston division is they got some help from the Miami team, no less, who I've heard actually has been playing a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Like, obviously, yes, they did have a win, but they actually... I've heard their defense is not looking too horrible anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they're starting to put it together so yeah i thought that was kind of a a crazy outcome and the afc is definitely an interesting playoff picture with uh the ravens and houston though comfortably in the playoff picture just a matter of will they win their divisions will they what seed will they get etc
2: yeah the uh Before I get to the you know looking at the Houston record and everything, what this game means, um, the end of that Tennessee Kansas City game was absolutely insane. It was it was really cool to watch you know seeing the Ravens come out with their victory against the Bengals, and then we watch you know the last four minutes on TV of the the Titans game, and wow, I gotta say, man, Ryan Tannehill he looks like a completely different player. It's astonishing you know what he's been able to do the new team out in out in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what a change of scenery can do for some players. Um, he's isn't playing out of his mind, but he's looking very solid, playing the best football of his career to this point. We'll see if he keeps it up, but certainly happy to see Kansas City take another rung down. Wouldn't it be crazy? There's a lot of football still to play, but it would be crazy if John Gruden turns the Raiders around from being a clown show last year to AFC West division champs over a Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. That's That would be something else.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. Fortunately for us, I mean, with, you know, four losses now, I mean, that puts us two games ahead at least, which is great because they own the tiebreaker on us. Obviously, you know, we lost to them week three. But yeah, I mean, uh, a win here against Houston would be really great for us. You know, we we get to eight and two and you know because if we lose obviously then you know we have the same record as houston they own the tiebreaker so they would move up to the second seed so yeah i mean it's it's definitely a huge game for us to be able to win it we you know tighten our grip on the first or second seed that first round bye. but if we lose we're you know still fully in the thick of it but we're more toward the middle of the pack and with the steelers creeping up on us it's got to get a little uh a little tight some Ravens fans would be a little nervous (laughs)
1: hey well as long as the Ravens you know keep looking ahead and don't look behind their back they don't have to worry about any of these tiebreakers just need to worry about cementing a first round bye, which they're in great position to do but it is a tough slate of games coming up on that note do we want to move into our
0: bold predictions I'm struggling to come up with one I've been looking at some of the stats to see if uh if it's realistic, and I don't think they're bold. So, unfortunately, uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble here. I don't know if you guys have anything pre-prepared.
1: Yeah, I think bold predictions are a bit tough for this game. You guys can decide if this is bold or not, but I think that we're going to see a game where we're actually going to have a Willie Sneed citing this game. I think he leads Ravens receivers in yards this week. I think, like Chris was saying, this team has fast linebackers. It might be a little bit of... Harder to get the ball to the tight ends. I think the the cornerbacks are a little little more suspect on this team. I think we're gonna we're gonna see Snead have have his biggest game of the season so far on Sunday.
0: All right, you know what? I, I I'm looking at these stats right now. my My first prediction was to say, just to give you my my thought process here. My first prediction was going to be like Watson doesn't throw for a touchdown this game. But the problem is he uh, he's done that already twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he he has had plenty of amazing games, uh, but he also has had a few uh, stinkers in there. So, I was also going to be like, man, Hopkins gets shut down. By how much? His worst game so far this year was against Carolina. He went five catches for 41 yards, no touchdown. Actually, he had a worst game against Jacksonville. He went five for 40, so just one yard less. So, I'm going to go ahead and say he's kept to three catches, and... Less than fifty yards. Not gonna say, for under forty. But I think if he has under three, or if he has three or less catches, of like volume wise, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll give that to you. I'd say that's bold. Thus, Alex should not be playing him in fantasy, even though he owns him. <laughs> but I think I might have to roll with him. We'll see. One of my leagues, I can definitely set him.
2: Uh, uh, well, how about how about this? Is it is it bold that the Ravens might hold? Carlos Hyde to fewer yards than Duke Johnson.
1: Whether or not that is a bold prediction depends on the answer to the question of is he a bum?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't speak up during that part, but I just don't think Hyde's very good at football, and like, I, <laughs> and, and, and and that's as a guy who drafted him last year, knowing that he gets you ten points a game, because like he has that way of doing that, but like I don't know how he does it. <laughs> And, like, I I don't know. It's actually kind of funny that those guys are reunited. Do we we notice that, how they were both on Cleveland last year? Yeah.
2: (laughs) So my bold prediction will be I think that the Ravens will hold Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson Houston running attack under uh, 80 yards, 80 combined yards this week.
0: So we had a hard time picking our bold predictions. Let's recap the fact that none of us got our bold predictions right last week. Yeah. Because Lamar was too darn good. He didn't have a chance to throw for four touchdowns.
1: <laughs> Man, that, that's two weeks in a row we didn't get any. Of the, I know. Of the previous seven weeks, we, there was only one week where we didn't get any. That was the Pittsburgh game.
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: We're falling off. Yeah. Or well, we're making our predictions more bold.
2: I know. Some, some of us were close. Some of us were, were somewhat close. Boyle had a catch where he got down inside the one. That was a touchdown taken away from me.
0: <laughs> oh man, dude, and and uh the one yard play for uh Hurst.
2: For Hurst? Yep. Yeah, yeah he right was the very close to I was I was there. texting
0: you guys like you got you kept getting trolled. <laughs> Even though you didn't include Hurst in your original uh ancillary weapons lineup. So I, I know. was like that's that's like I, I would have given it to you, man. If he got it and Boyle got one, I'd been like, you know what? I t- I try to give it to you. <laughs> you wouldn't take it.
2: <laughs> I know. Hey, well, you know what? I'm I'm hoping the last two weeks I was pretty close. The week before that in New England, we got two sacks and two turnovers, but I needed three sacks. So I was close on that one, too. So hoping, you know, hoping I'm going to win this week. We'll see.
0: Yeah. So looking at our scoring predictions for last week, we kind of talked about it offline. It was really close. If you use the official formula, I think I would have came ahead. But I already told Chris, I think that his prediction was. Was a little bit closer because the Cincinnati offense performed a little bit better than Peter and I both expected because we were both talking about, eh, we we feel a little too bashful giving them a, a shutout and they they held their own a little bit. They got 13 points. We just crushed. So that's why we're going to give Chris the scoring prediction win for the week.
2: Woo! All right, still solidly in last. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but not by much. It's much closer now.
2: And uh yeah,
0: that was a win that you needed.
1: And it ended Alex's uh, three three-week monster streak.
0: <laughs> so Chris, what's your scoring prediction this time?
2: Um yeah, this one's interesting. I mean, I certainly think this game is probably going to be closer. I mean, Houston's a good football team. I will say how about 34-28 Ravens? Oh, sh- is that yours? Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: 3528. <laughs> um You're gonna price his rate me again? No, I, I won't do it. I won't I won't do it. I yeah, I was thinking thirty-five twenty-eight, but I've been really struggling to come down with the score prediction. I guess now that I've opened my mouth, I, I guess I need to, to finish my statement here. Unless Peter wants to come in and I could be last to choose this time. So I yeah, I am also
1: gonna pick a close scoring game. Both these teams, as we've talked about, pretty evenly matched. I think we keep talking about, you know, people will say this game is a game that's going to come down to the team that has the ball last. I think in this case, it's going to be actually what happens here. And I'm going to give the edge in this game to the team that holds the ball for longer and wins the time of possession, which in almost every game the Ravens have played this year has been them. I'm going to
0: say 27 to 24 Ravens. Can we talk about that real quick? Crazy stat. Crazy stat. The Ravens had the best time possession going into the Cincinnati game in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes and 41 seconds in the fourth quarter on average. That's bonkers.
1: Okay. That is insane. (laughs) Yes.
0: That is insane. But interestingly enough, they didn't have the time possession last game against Cincinnati because the defense just kept (laughs) turning it over (laughs) and scoring. So they just went right back to... uh, (laughs) <laughs> to the Cincinnati Bengals team. So actually, for the first time in a long time, the Ravens did not win the time possession last week. All right. Well, since my prediction was sniped, I'm going to have to go bigger. And uh, I'm going to say the Ravens win more than I thought they would because uh, they've had a way of doing that this year. <laughs> they've had a way of, <laughs> of, of exceeding our expectations. So I will just go ahead and say 42 to 28 now, Ravens. Oh, All right. Ooh. And if they do that... We're gonna be dancing in the streets of Baltimore, baby. Like that would be a, a huge statement win.
2: <laughs> Just a statement, statement, statement. It'd be incredible. Forty-two twenty-eight. See, it could be thirty-four twenty-eight, and then the the Ravens might get a pick six at the end. They go for the go for two. <laughs> I don't know why they would. But <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Just to rub it in. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, Morgan Cox throws off. A bad snap or something, and Sam Cook just picks it up and runs for it. With a hurdle. With a hurdle. That's right. I think he Sam pitches Cook it has Andrews. To, has to join the hurdle.
1: Yes. <laughs> just don't pitch it to Hurst because he'll get stopped at the one. Ah,
0: <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Oh, man. You know another fun, bold prediction might the big guys that we saw, like, I don't know, at least four plays in the Heisman package next week. I think that'd be another interesting bowl prediction, but
2: too late now. I don't know. Something tells me that was kind of like a Cincinnati-only thing.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's one of those plays you bring out in a game that you know you already have in the off chance that that play is ever required in a game that actually matters. So just to see what it looks like in an actual game situation.
2: Right.
0: Well, that plus uh, what Anil is pointing out, like now they introduced that package as a possibility... Defensive coordinators are going to have to think about it. That's already one of the biggest challenges that we present is that we, we run schemes that no one else does. So they're not typically scheming against it. It's uh, just another thing to keep defensive coordinators up at night. Well, with that being said, we're going to close out this episode and this week's editions of Raven's Recap. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love if you left us a review. It really helps out the show. Don't forget, you can interact with us by emailing us at feedback at RavensRecap.com or give us a follow on Twitter. It's a place where you can catch our live reactions to the game and also interesting things we see throughout the week regarding the Ravens. I definitely try to surface anything cool I see about the Ravens. I've definitely been seeing some really interesting talk. One of the cool tweets I pulled up this week was that in his first 16 starts, Lamar Jackson has more wins than Mahomes more rushing yards than LaDainian Tomlinson, <laughs> more uh, a higher passing rating than Tom Brady, more yards per attempt than Aaron Rodgers, and a better completion percentage than Drew Brees. So I don't know if there were people that were in front of Lamar for these various statistics. There probably were. But talk about a group of incredible names that he's beating in his first 16 starts as far as statistics go. Yeah, just more to add to the legend. <laughs> Absolutely. thanks again guys and we'll catch you next week this kind of was spawned by the players i don't want to say who who kind of recommended it rg3 but uh that was a great idea and it really came from the players so i mean that play is certainly in our system and then we you know we just uh injected a little uh variation to it